Hi everybody, I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend and colleague Alfonso Rachel, and this is the Virtue Signal. And we found from, uh, just from general feedback from members and from viewers on YouTube and so on, that people sometimes like these two-part shows. So we just did a show called Rich Man, Poor Man. So to continue the the theme and because uh, we're running out of virtues, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the other half of that little rhyme, uh, Beggar Man and Thief. There is... Our entire society now has become predicated on entitlement. And when you hear people in Congress, people supposedly running the government says, we can't touch that money, that's social spending money. It's, it's non-discretionary money, which is two thirds of the budget. I'm saying if you can't control it and you can't stop spending it or, or, or crank it down or whatever, then this isn't a budget and this isn't a government. It's a runaway train. No one can, can control it. And, and so the entitlement mentality gets stronger and stronger and stronger every year. And now with COVID and people working at home, we're finding it, the real pandemic is nobody, nobody wants to go to work anymore, and largely because they don't have to. The idea of, of, of begging for me, well, let's not, not so much the idea, let's just define it. If you are asking somebody else for some of their resources, for you in exchange for nothing, that's my definition of what begging is on one level or another. And I think, I think begging is better than thievery. I know it is because at least then there's some volition involved on the part of the person who's going to make the decision as to whether to part with any of their stuff. But there is a there is a fundamental, when I say fundamental, I mean like in your core sense of shame that comes from that, or at least does in me and, and would in, in most of the people watching this show. And that is like an acid on your soul. And what I wanted to talk to you about to get this thing started was that's kind of an old fashioned feeling, you know, not many people really feel that way about handouts today. The, the only time I ever remember really taking what I thought to be a handout was when I was um, living in Florida, I injured my neck in the gym, badly injured it, and I, and I herniated a disc and I, and, I, um, and I ruptured another one. I couldn't turn my neck, I had to turn from the waist. And it got so bad that, that I, I just was in just perpetual pain and I, and I couldn't function. One of the people who were treating me said, you should go talk to vocational rehab, state of Florida vocational rehab office. Okay, so I went in there and I sat down and I was lucky enough to have been a new employee's very first case. First case they handled on their own and the supervisor was there just making sure, you know. So I walk in there and I explain the problem. I said, I don't know if there's anything you can do for me, but, you know, I, they said I should maybe come and ask you. So I'd, you know, be very grateful for any help you could give me. Well, it turns out that Florida Voc Rehab paid for that operation paid for the, the whole thing. I had a disc fused and to move all these tubes out of the way, which apparently are somewhat important. And, 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 and I was able to go back and, and work again. Here's what the people at Boak Rehab said, because I went to them and said, listen, I got to tell you, I feel really bad about this. I really do. They said to me two things. They said, well, first of all, this is the supervisor speaking. I think you're the first person who's ever come in here feeling guilty about this. Most people come in here demanding that we do things for them. You're the first person who ever came in and asked. 
And you seem to be the first person who's grateful for it. But what they said to me in that particular case was this, I remember this verbatim. I remember it verbatim that this person said, look, Bill, here's how it works. We can either pay the $20,000 for this operation, in which case you'll be able to go back to work and you'll be a tax-paying member of the, of, the, of the country for the rest of your life. We'll make that $20,000 back, the state, the government, what do you want to say? We'll make it back in, in a year, maybe, or something. And after that, everything's pure profit from a transactional point of view. If we don't pay for the operation, you're going to be on welfare and dependency for the rest of your life. You're going to get a disability check. And you're going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. She just said it was a smart decision. And that released me from the shame of having to go begging for this because I realized that, that she's absolutely right, that it was in a way almost like an investment on the part of the state of Florida, which has paid off rather well for Florida and for, for the federal government. But, uh, but it seems to me, though, that, that there's so much, there's such a rush to hand out things. Here's your, your, that money you took for college, Dad, don't worry about it. Here, 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 that's, there's this back. Here's reparations. Here's, here's more government assistance. Here's this, here's that, and so on. Get to the point when you find out, I forget what the number was, this, this is several years old, but somebody said you had to make like fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars 60000 the in the private sector mm. to live as, to take home as much money as you could take home if you applied for all of these benefits. And there's something fundamentally wrong with that. Man, you know, in, in California, I think uh, the, the most... I think the most expensive thing about uh, being an employer is workers' comp. Is <laughs> that'll tear you up? Um, in California, with AB five, mm. if you look, if you if you came to the office to do this show, I would have to hire you as a full time employee. If you were you're a drummer, mm. right? In California, because of AB five, if you had a gig at a at a night at a, at a bar on Thursday nights, mm. you just went and played for a couple hours on Thursday nights. Mm. According to California law, now, you would have to be an employee of that bar. Mm. They have to pay you the minimum wage for a minimum amount of time. You'd have to help with your health care coverage. And guess what? That means no band on Thursday nights. Man, it, it's, they're just ruining people's ability to be able to, you know, make an enterprise of the things that they love to do. And um, But the whole slip and fall dynamic, it's a shame when people think that, man, in order for me to get paid, I'm going to have to get hurt. And what are we willing to yeah. do? <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to scheme on how I can dive out in front of somebody's car or something like that. I mean, when you got that kind of mindset where um, where where people would be willing to compromise uh, their health or look forward to it or something like, hey, this is going to be my payday or something like that. It's almost become like a joke in the culture. It's it's, a it's almost like shoot, it's like shooting yourself in the foot to get out of combat. You yes. Know? You know, and, and it shouldn't be that in, in, in such a. A blessed country as ours, it shouldn't be that way where people actually start thinking about how they can get hurt, you know, to, to get paid. But, you know, the, the, the begging thing, and I agree, man, I, I mean, it's more respectable to uh, uh, beg than it is, even in the Ten Commandments, the ten, even the Ten Commandments don't say, thou doesn't say thou shalt not beg. You know, it says thou shalt not, you know, don't covet. And we got an institution of covetousness. The, the government uh, is, is making bank off of covetous uh, policies. Uh, and, and of course, which also leads to theft and that's where we're at. But the begging thing though, um, like if, if I'm approached by, by a, a, a person wanting to hand out and stuff like that, I, you know, I'll try to spend some time with a man. I don't, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who just wants to kind of, you know, buy off my guilt. Oh, here's a dollar. And I, yeah. and, and I feel good about myself and I've done my good deed for the day. Um, I'll ask, man, 
when they say, you know, you got any change, and I asked straight up, so what kind of change you looking for? You know, <laughs> you know, you they had no idea, did they, what kind of can of worms they were opening? Right, and, and, and they'll get one too. Uh, but you know, and, and sometimes it opens up a conversation. But sadly enough, man, sometimes you know, uh, more often than not. It, you know, they, they reveal things about themselves. Like I'll tell you about the last, the last, uh, um, time I, I gave a handout, you know, and he was a, a Marine and he asked me for, you know, can you, can, can I get a dollar? And, uh, you know, and so I went to, you know, I, I went to go ahead, you know, talk with him a little bit and, um, and, you know, he starts justifying himself. And I just want you to know, man, I've, I've never been to prison or anything like that. And I'm like, look, man, I make no judgments on, on, on whether you went to prison or not. You know, it's like uh, some of the disciples, man, were in prison. <laughs> it's like, you know, we yeah. have prophets that were in prison and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that you're, you know, it's gonna, not going to have any bearing on how I'm thinking about you. Uh, and I didn't ask. Uh, but he took that as a judgment against him. And it's like, okay. And then he went to priest, you know, to, to show me his cross and I'm a believer and all that sort of stuff. If you believe it, then you know where I'm coming from. Um, you know, talked about how he was in the court, he was dishonorably discharged and stuff like that, how it was unfair. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, uh, it seems that you have difficulty listening and following instruction. Now, I have respect up front for people who go in and join the court, but sometimes you might not need to be there. You're not following instructions that can make you a liability to other people, right? And in his pride, he went, he gave me my dollar back. So, I'm, you know, I was like, okay, okay, I'll take it back. And then even after I was leaving, he says, hey, can I get that dollar? I'm like, no. <laughs> well, that worked out. Yeah, convenient, isn't it? Now, so it's like in one of those things where that pride, you know, your pride is keeping you in your poverty. Your pride has gone, you know, before your destruction and you're destroying yourself. You got yourself kicked out of the core, you know, and now here it is, you're begging for people. And I'll tell people straight up, it's like, look, man, I hate to see somebody begging from men. The only one worth begging from is the Lord himself. But you're out here begging for men. Let's talk about it. Let's get you out of this, man. Let's talk a little bit. You know, because I hate to, like I said, I hate to see people begging for men. Wow, man. That's, that's really deep. Um, and that's where virtually all the begging is, you know. I'm, I'm usually pretty sympathetic to people. Uh, if you saw our show uh, last time, earlier show this week called Rich Man, Poor Man, uh, I've been there and and I know what a, a little help can do, especially if you're really hungry. But one of the things that seems to be becoming more and more endemic in our society today is the nature of people that are that are begging. Nobody I don't I'm not aware that anybody at least starts out wanting to beg. I, I do remember that that I think even Sherlock Holmes, there's a Sherlock Holmes episode that deals with a guy who who was a professional beggar by day and at nighttime he was you know just an upper middle class guy and and they found out how much money he was making and and Watson or somebody exclaims my god that's a gentleman's income you know this guy was making real bank by 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 being out there begging i'm not i'm not really talking about that there is there is something fundamental about being ashamed of this that I think is exceedingly healthy, believe it or not. Certainly the greatest generation, uh, my dad included, and he's told me stories as well, they actually genuinely would rather die than, than be seen to be begging. They would rather die. I, I can say that with a, with a lot of confidence. The, time and time and time again during the Depression and so on, you would see people in astonishing need. And, and you would say, well, why don't you go check? No, we're not taking any handouts. And 
what they're doing is, is they're losing body mass, but they're maintaining a sort of spiritual integrity, right? When I say they're losing body mass, in many cases, they're actually genuinely starving and their families are starving and they wouldn't take help because I think on some level, they made the connection between taking help and dependency and dependency meant slavery and they just weren't going to go down that road. Mm. And you almost never see that today. Yes. You know, it, it's and it's one of those things. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, bless you. Um, Thank you. You know, when I think about the things that people are, are be, it's, it's sad to see people being forced into where they're having to beg also. And it's, uh, but also coming along with that entitlement mindset, it kind of does away with that, uh, that mentality where a person would be, look, man, I, I just, I can't dishonor myself or anybody else by, by begging from you. And I'm not even talking about pride. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm too proud to beg because you know, when you, when you have people out there who's, who are uh, too proud to beg, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make a, a sense when somebody says I'm uh, too proud to beg, because the thing is there is a lack of integrity or a lack of pride in the first place. If you're begging from somebody, so it's, or, or, or if you're not, whether you're, when you, when, when you're going to stay in this uh, destitute state, where you're like living on the street, it's like your pride. There's no, there's pride is not a factor here in the way that you think. That in itself is is a perversion of the pride or the pride going really sour. Where you're just living like this, and it's like I don't know. It's 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 a weird factor. But I was also thinking about like um, in terms of begging and not having to beg. I think in California, at least where the area that I was, um, you, you, they can't even recycle it. They shut down the recycling bins. And it was like, a, this would have been for like a couple of years. And it's like, mm -hmm. why would you do that to these people where they can't recycle? A lot of people who go. Yeah, they're industrious, very industrious people, a full-time job That's collecting right. those cans. Yeah. That's right. Where you, and they can't do that anymore. Now, now the word of God talks about letting people be able to glean your fields. So, you know, my wife and I wanted to be able to like, you know, have like just recycling, uh, like have our cans and just go ahead and set them and stuff like that. Look, if somebody wants to go ahead and pick those up, they can go ahead and do that. You know, that's, that's helping them to glean the field. And that's been taken away from them. It's like, yeah. why? And this is compassion. This is, it's not commonsensical. It's not compassionate at all. There's no really good justifiable reason for it. And once again, it just keeps people in a state where it just makes it hard for them to get back on their feet. So last, last show was rich man, poor man. This show is beggar man, thief. Let's talk about stealing. Um, Certainly progressives like to say that people who steal things are doing it for the noblest of reasons. Uh, and, and we don't need to get into the details of how this happened, but as a general rule, when you talk about somebody today who's stealing, the left wants you to think of them kind of as Jean Valjean and Les Miserables, right? He, he's just a guy who stole a crust of bread for his family you know, and then and then rich people locked him up for 60 years because, you know, he stole a, a, a crust of bread for his family. That's not what stealing is, certainly not stealing today. When I was a, a freshman, at a, a sophomore at college, I was, even, the, this would be 1980, so even then this this philosophy was becoming pervasive. And, and by 1980, I was starting to hear about, you know, and I, I actually think I remember actually saying something like, look, if some black guy breaks into my house and steals my television set, that's okay. I can get another television set, you know, he's disadvantaged and all the rest of it. And three or four months later, 
That's exactly what happened. I was sleeping next to the bed. I had a window right here. I mean, like right here. And I wake up in the middle and I turn around and there's a guy with his head inside my window. Hey, how's it going? Gone. And I, and I realized this guy's not coming in here to feed his family. He's coming here to take the only TV set that I had. My dad gave it to me. It wasn't even my TV set. Mm. And he's going to take this little tiny black and white TV set. He's going to sell it for 10 bucks and he's going to use it to get high. And, and this, the Victorians had a, had a lot of stuff that was really pretty screwed up. But that little tiny island did build an empire that went around the world. And one of the things that the Victorians were very, very serious about was the difference between the deserving poor and the undeserving poor. That there were people who were genuinely disadvantaged and those people, a, a woman who, whose husband was killed in a war, let's say, and she needs assistance, that's the deserving poor. Woman who runs away from her family or gets divorced or whatever, no. So there's been an attempt on the part of the left because it goes to the whole wealth redistribution thing to, to sort of ennoble stealing. We, we see this with the, with the BLM riots and, and, and the other riots, right? It's like they're, they're basically taking institutionalized looting and turning it into a social justice issue. There's nothing social justice about it. It's just plain stealing. My right angle this week is about how these Union Pacific trains are being broken into and people are just stealing stuff out of them. And they're doing this because the LA County, I'm sorry, the LA city uh, district attorney will not press charges, no bail, nothing. And, and they're treating it like it's a social justice issue when it's not, it's just plain stealing. And, and we've got to find a way to, to, to fight back against this by really just calling it out and calling it what it is. Absolutely, man. It's, uh, you know, the commandment, you know, thou shalt not steal. And it's not like you can just make up your justifications for stealing. And that's big, a big part of, of how sin is so powerful is when people make up justifications to steal. Like, you know, even we can justify anything, you can justify anything, murder, you know, uh, sexual assault, anything. A person will justify it to themselves. And the thing about it is, is um, these people are assuming to pass a judgment on America. It's like, well, America deserves this. This is something that's that's deserved America. And I was like, okay, so you guys are going to basically keep America in, in perpetual indictment. All right. Uh, meanwhile, if somebody that you guys have this self-righteous sympathy for gets busted by the cops and it doesn't go the way that you like, um, one thing you're not allowed to do is that you're not allowed to bring up the perps past. It's like, wait a minute. You know, it's like, well, they, that stuff was in the past. You can't bring up their rap sheet and, and their record and the violence that they've done. You're not allowed to bring those things up, but they can keep judging America for its past all the time. So it's, it's totally hypocritical. And like, like we were just saying, they're going to use these things as, as a justification, uh, uh, to, to just keep on punishing America. Now, also with, with the stealing, it's, this is one of those things where like, um, you know, the, the more liberal and, and, and bugs me when people like, you know, bring up, uh, they invoke Jesus to like justify doing certain things, justifying a, 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 a social justice or, or a economic policy and stuff like that. Just totally taking the name of God in vain to do these things. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the stealing or, or when people like they frown upon, let me, let me put it like this. They'll frown upon the word of God when it comes to like stealing, because it'll say something to the effect of a person steals from you, uh, give them your tunic also. Right. As if you're 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 supposed to help them steal from you. And it's like, OK, well, one, um, 
it's not a contradiction. It still has to square with the commandment to not steal. But the reason why the Lord is telling you, like if somebody wants to rob you or steal from you, it's like, okay, well, here's my coat and here's my tunic too. Uh, you, you, you want my wife, you want my credit cards and all that sort of stuff. That's not the Lord telling you that, hey, it's okay for this person to steal from you and you're rewarding them to do it. The reason why the Lord says that is because when a person is stealing from you, he's giving you an opportunity to study them. It's like, oh, what you want? You want my wallet? Oh, here you go. What else can I give you? Right. You want the keys to my car, whichever. One, you want to make sure that you value your life before them stealing from you. But two, you're studying that person. You're getting their eye color. You know, you're getting their size. Right. Mm. You're getting all this information on them so you could take it to the authorities. You've got a good examination of this person. You're going to probably most likely get your stuff back. Right. But if you're going to try to handle it yourself, you probably end up getting killed. Right. Uh, you lose more than that. And, and, and chances are uh, in doing so. How far are you willing to take it? Beat this guy to death, you know, for trying to take your stuff. Now you a murderer, you know? So the Lord's actually protecting you. He's not trying to help you to reward somebody from stealing from you. He's just getting you to study them so you have information to take to the authorities. Yeah. Um, and you know, when, when, when we first talked about doing the show and I said, I thought maybe we could call it the virtue signal. You said, that's a great title because it reverses this whole dynamic, mm -hmm. right? And, 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 I'll never forget you telling me that. But one of the ways that one of the things that Republicans and conservatives are so bad at is is messaging morality. They just don't know how to do it. So just to wrap up this particular segment. While you were talking, I, I, I'd already known that stealing hurts poor neighborhoods, but I actually gave it a little more thought. and I realized any kind of theft at any level hurts the poor. If you care about the poor, you need to start thinking about enforcing laws against against burglary and, and armed robbery and theft. If you have the highest level stealing going on, Wall Street stealing, and some company takes a big loss, that means they're going to have to raise their prices. And that means that everybody's going to have to pay more. And the people who can afford to pay more the least are the poor. But it's generally much more localized and specific than that. There are neighborhoods that have such a high crime rate that stores will not go into them. And there are many, many cases. I saw this happen up in um, uh, Mojave. I heard about it uh, several years ago. I think they put in a Walmart there or something, had it there for a couple years. And they had to close it because the shoplifting was just out of control. So guess what? You have to drive an hour now instead of, instead of five minutes. And this idea that stealing is somehow reparations for the poor is the precise opposite of what actually happens. Most crime occurs in low-income neighborhoods, which means that the stuff that's actually being stolen is usually stolen from poor people who don't have a whole lot of stuff to steal. And when you start trying to justify things like breaking into these trains or saying, oh, well, they're owed to us, it's reparations or so on, it's not it's not white millionaires that are paying for this. If the prices go up, you know, they go up. We were talking about, you were talking about buying gas a little while ago when um, it might have been in the last show. I remember my dad asking me when I finally had a steady job as an editor, he said, what's the best part about having a steady, steady paycheck, Bill? Because I hadn't had one for 30 years. I said, being able to fill up the car instead of having to buy gas three bucks at a time, you know. I just filled up the car in California with damn near $100. Now, I can feel that, but I can also pay it. But if this had happened to me five, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, not a chance. So, 
so this whole idea that 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 thievery is okay if you're poor because it's a form of justice that's what they're trying to do obviously with all of this they're trying to say that either this individual or this group have been stolen from in the past which may or may not be true and therefore they have a license to steal in order to make things balanced doesn't work that way the people who pay the biggest price for theft are the poorest people in the country and they're the ones who these progressives are claiming to be acting in the interests of absolutely man it's it's the irony of it oh man i i, I could just imagine rod Serling just trying to beat his way out of cats man come on let me do some episodes on this because the irony is just so thick you know how these people you know when once you start stealing the thing the measures that have to be put in place to try to prevent theft uh or to uh get some sort of restitution for theft and all that sort of stuff man it's it just affects the poor and you know when you have this government that's uh trying to claim that they're being champions for the poor while making everything so much more expensive it cracks me up man when they're talking about we need to have more healthy food for everybody and people need to eat organic and stuff like that like, man you don't care about you who can afford to eat organic it's like I'm looking at this food, this stuff is expensive. And the more you guys are charged, you're creating environment where it's people are just cycling back to this again. It's this stuff is expensive. Now, what are people gonna try to do to try to get to get fed or or, or whichever to try to make a buck for whatever reason? They're more motivated to steal now because everything's so much more expensive. And it's it's just funny, man, when I see um you know, armed security walking back and forth between places because of this, these policies, or especially walking back and forth in front of them weed shops. When people talk about being poor, it's like, yeah, but I noticed you got money to buy that weed and you can have money. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have money to get them munchies. And I thought that that's... And, them two, and, and those $200 shoes. Yes, yes. And I thought this stuff was supposed to make you calm and peaceful and stuff like that. Why do you need armed security in front of weed shops? <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's just, but like I said, between the culture and the policies that's being put in, there is just this promotion of this twisted mindset. And you're right. It, it keeps people in a state of one way or another stealing something. You know, our, our freedoms are being stolen as well as our yep. money. You know, uh, our, our integrity is being stolen. And unfortunately, in a lot of ways, just given away. Uh, because they yeah, and our belief, our belief in, in things like justice and reason and yes. logic and, and consequences is being stolen. It's too. being stolen. And uh, so, but you're right, man, there has to be, and there is a way, you know, but that in itself, it takes, um, it takes that vision. It takes, um, it, <clears throat> it takes that understanding and take, and, 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 and seeing the obvious method in which it's being done. There's an obvious method in which people are being lied to. The method itself is not the problem. It's how it's being used. And we need those tools. We need those uh, and the, the support to use those tools to do the right thing, I would say. Two quick thoughts on stealing and begging, uh, just to wrap this up. One of the most influential books I ever read was called The Corner. It was about uh, a, a, a white journalist went into one of the worst neighborhoods in Baltimore and basically watched how drug dealers work and the consequences of all of this stuff, spent a year with it. It became the basis of The, of the Wire, the TV show, which was excellent. And one of the things that struck me the most about that was that these guys who were dealing drugs, who were essentially certainly criminals and in many cases just outright thieves, they would say things like, I'm not buying anything off brand. You know, I'm going to have $200 shoes even though I can't pay my rent. That's a kind of pride that, that comes as a reason. That's the kind of pride that drives an awful lot of evil, evil, evil stuff. I, it just... 
I don't know. I just remember seeing this guy, and and my my baby's not going to have any off-brand clothes either. You know, so you're not in a position to make that decision right now. Well, then we'll just go steal some more stuff. Mm. Uh, the other thing has to do with begging, and uh, and I'll just close by saying this: we probably could have a whole lot more members if I was better at raising members, but I'm not. And the reason I'm not is because no matter how hard I try, if I'm not physically giving something like a pair of shoes to people, I feel like a constant appeal to membership feels a bit like begging to me. And that is something I'm going to have to get over. Um, you can just credit it or blame it on my upbringing, but but to end every single show with an ask with a with an appeal for help feels like you know can you can you spare a dollar um i really do need to get over that i constantly feel like i'm not doing enough here that, this, that we don't put out enough content it's not good enough and so on so if you want to give me a break and zo as well uh and you're one of those people who've heard this appeal again and again and again if you want to act on it i'd really appreciate it cuz frankly the more members we have and the, and the more uh, people that make donations, the less I have to feel like this, and I don't like it. I really don't. Some people are very good at this, and I'm not one of them. Take it or leave it as you want to, but if, you, uh, if you've been moved in the <laughs> dark caverns of your conscience where your shriveled black heart is, where the members are paying and you're not, well, we would love to have you on board. It would certainly make me feel an awful lot more relaxed about things. That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signals, made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. Many of them have been with us pushing 10 years now. And we had a large influx of members uh, a year ago, uh, and that allowed us to bring our friend Alfonso Rachel back. And um, and we've been teasing this forever, Zoe and I. It's entirely my fault. Uh, but in the next couple of weeks, we're going to reveal what we've been working on in secret in the last uh, five, six months. And we hope and think you'll be impressed by that, too. So for Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time right here on The Virtue City.